You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Yes, Woodcroft saying that they really like their depth right now with the additions of Broussard and Kulak. Here's an opportunity. And the home scores! Here's an opportunity for Tana. Toskin in the save, but the puck bounces in the net, and the Flames have the lead. Tyler Toffoli out there now. As the Flames have their first lead of the game, and they're adding to it rather quickly. And now it's off to the races for Johnny Gaudreau. Twisting, he's on the backhand. Johnny Gaudreau trying to go. Here's a pass, and Shillington scores. Foot race, Johnny Gaudreau. Gaudreau's pass, Kachuk scores. Madison finds Gaudreau again. His pass to Kachuk shoots, and he scores. In front, Gaudreau, shot, goal, Elias Lindholm. There's Tyler Toffoli now, on the attack. Leaves it there for Backlund, Backlund shoots, scores! It's a three-goal lead. And tried to give it to Dreisaitl, who coughed it up. And now Dubin drops it off for Backlund, back to Dubin, but unable to get the pass through. Here's a shot, and a goal! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the We Want 10 podcast. Holy shit, what a game! <laughs> I wasn't even live for this one because. What did I have going on? Oh, yeah, I had a function going had a function going on before the game, so I was a little a tad bit late to start. It was 1 1 when I tuned in and then I got invited to play hockey last night. So I had to miss the third period. So I came back and I watched the entire game from start to finish. I was up till 2 a.m. My God. That was I think we were just discussing this. It's not like that was the best game per se. As like because Colorado Flames, that's the best game of the year, hands down. But that was the most entertaining game to be a Calgary Flames fan that we've seen since the last, since the David Riggs stick flip. Easily. That was a buckle in for the ride. Let's go game. So, oh man, let's just dive right into this. Oh, Warriors come out, they score in the first shift. And I don't know how you were feeling because I didn't see this live. When I saw this, I had already known they won nine five, but walk me through your emotional process when the Oilers score. Oh, I missed shift. it. I'm just getting settled for the game and walk in, and it's already one nothing. I don't know. I wasn't too worried about it because um, knowing how Daryl has prepared this team, um, there was a really good article in the Wind Column the other day, just talking about how the Flames have been relentless all season have kind of played the same way no matter what the score is no matter yes. what the game no matter what the game state is um 
to been, the final buzzer. Like, oh my God. Yeah. And it's been mostly true this year. So I wasn't too worried about it, to be honest. I kind of thought it might actually backfire on the others a little bit. You know how they, all their fans are there. They, you know, start jerking themselves off when they get up oh, yeah. early. They, and I Rassard mean, sorry, look like you scored us down the cup. Right. Like, goal. seriously, like, you would have on. thought they won the Stanley Cup on that goal. <laughs> Holy fuck. Eh? And then, um, based on how fucking clutch the top line has been, and again, Dude. once again, huge goal. Elias Lindholm scores 33rd of the year. Like as soon as Lindholm scored, I was like, yeah, this is, this is all good, but I was feeling okay. I mentioned this on a podcast a while ago and it was before the, uh, the three, not three, one win game uh, two weeks ago, battle, battle of Alberta. But what I'm saying is that, Hey, if Johnny, if we're winning and it's in the books, we got to get a Johnny's better chant going. And that game, when Johnny iced the game, the 3-1 victory a couple of weeks ago, my bro and I started that chant in our little section, and it could have caught on. Chants are they're not easy to get going because – It's a tough then, sell. Because something's always happening in the game that, that just like, oh, we got – like, this is way more important, right? The, so it's like if you're going to, to start one, it needs to catch on quick. If it doesn't catch on quick – it's not gonna. It's not gonna last. But could you have? Could we have not had that chant last night? I guess when it's when the game is finally iced, Markstrom makes that fuck, <laughs> dude. That would have tied the game. Yeah, that was the that was the winning. That was the turning point. It's what was six five right? Six five. Yeah. Was that Kane? Evander Kane. Pulyarvi maybe. I can't believe that. Like that. Oh, he comes across, covers the bottom part of the net. Um, whoever it was, Kane or Pugliar, we can't get it up high enough. But fuck, dude, that's a ten dollar save. They come down and score. Um, yeah, I agree. That was the that's the official last turning point of the game. Well, <sighs> and like, dude, for Markstrom, my stance has changed on number one goalies dramatically over the last year. Watching Jake and Markstrom, like watching what's going on with the Leafs, yep. watching what ha- has been going on with the Oilers, like, yeah. That's why you pay Jacob Markstrom $6 million a year because when you need a big save. Yeah. Well, and we lived through it, right? I mean, we had we had the Smith and Riddick combo. Yeah. And for that first season, Smith was fucking great. Second season, he stunk. Then Riddick was great. Third season, Riddick was on and off, would be stinky or great. And then Talbot was kind of – then he finally came into form. But, yeah, I agree. It's just like you have – reliable solid goaltending markstrom had a rough game yeah against was it the sharks san jose yeah he wasn't very good but like come on this is because he's definitely a top three vesna finalist here um regardless of whether he wins the damn thing or not i don't see how he doesn't with Maybe the, with Sh- nine Sh- shutouts, Shesterkin Sh- probably's got him. Like, yeah. I, I keep no, forgetting yeah. the Rangers are so fucking good. But you're right, Shesterkin <laughs> will win it, but Markstrom will finish number two. Yeah. But yeah, coming just to wrap up my my original point. At that point of the game, you're not going to start with Johnny's better chant. But like, dude, that goal he sets up for Oliver Shillington. <laughs> are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Well, I got to fit one thing in on the chant thing before we get to how good you could draw us. Yeah, chants are hard to get started. But here's the thing. Oilers fans have no shame, right? 
Like, this is the problem. I talked about this last time. We were both at the last game, uh, Calgary and Edmonton. And they fucking have the oil. Let's, or what is it? Let's go Oilers chant going, like, all the time. Like, the Calgary fans, we know when to chant, right? We're invested yeah. in what's going on in the game. We know what the score is. If you're losing, you can't. It's hard to get it. You're getting your ass kicked. Like, these fucking losers are down, like, 7-5. Let's go Oilers. <laughs> oh, it's just ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, they're on. like, they're like, they're like school lawyers chants is equivalent to the Calgary Flames fans doing the wave when we're, when the game's died with yeah. five minutes left. Have some shame, have some self-respect. No one, you're getting your ass kicked. Like if I was in Edmonton and the Flames are lo- losing seven, five, you wouldn't catch. I wouldn't be caught dead chanting go Flames go like, give me a fucking break. Anyways, dude. So like, but I, what, take me through what you're thinking when Goudreau makes that play, because there's like four different chances where you're like, no, you idiot. What do you know? What are you doing? Shoot it. Holy shit. That was insane. Dude, I was. I'll be totally honest. I was on the phone at the time. You know, I don't know if anybody gives a shit, but since moving to BC, I've gotten to into real estate and I was actually on the phone with <laughs> <laughs> my bro. He's also in real estate. We're selling houses out here, but. We're on the phone with our client because they're they're selling their house and we're you know we're done the conversation and they're hockey fans too like they're Vancouver fans so they would understand but you know I had the game on mute just watching it following along and I was just like oh my god well on the phone I'm like did you see that goal this is like I I lost all perception of any sort of reality that was happening around me. Like that was, I think the greatest play I've ever seen him make. And I, you know, if you really break it down, I think, I think there is a little bit of luck. Oh yeah. Because it looked like it at, at first glance, you're like, dude, he made a tape to tape pass Oliver Shillington. But if you break it down, it goes off the defender skate and then kind of kicks right onto Shillington stick. Not to say that it, it Shillington could have picked that up. Right, because he was alone in the slot coming in, but it did just go right to his stick. I think he probably could have pulled it off, picked it up off his backhand, go forehand and shelf. But, dude, it's not even like. I mean, you've seen Gretzky make these plays where it's just completely, totally no look backhand right to the guy for a goal. You see Crosby make these plays. The amount of skill and vision. I mean, look, we've all known as Calgary Flames fans that Johnny Gaudreau is a really special player. He's one of the most entertaining players to watch in the league. Um, making something out of nothing. This guy looks possessed. He's on another fucking level right now. This, I said this earlier in the year. I'm like, yeah, you know what? We've seen Johnny Gaudreau play this good before in the past because he has. Never this consistently night after night after night. But I think he's found another level that we haven't even seen before. What did he have? Six points last night? Five. Five five assists. Four of them primary assists. But like to that that play, right? You come down. You're you're already he's already in a fucking phone booth. And he's kind of dipsy doodling between two or three guys. And like to your point... Dude, do something. Well, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying that, but there's a party who's just like, okay, come on. You know, and then he's just like, dipsy doodle. 
dipsy doodle hang on delay wait draw this guy over here do this do that do this do that <laughs> and then all of a sudden the like was there nine how many players did he suck over to the side of the net before just dishing it to the one guy that's coming in all alone that honestly dude i can't johnny Gaudreau has made a lot of special plays i think that's the greatest play i've ever seen him make well, yeah, it's an incredible, I mean, props to Tana for feeding him that. But, like, he picks that puck up, and, like, you just, I was watching Koskinen. Like, he fakes Koskinen out, like, probably four times on that play. Fake, face shot on the rush, Koskinen goes down, spinorama. He kind of looks like he might backhand. Koskinen is down again. Another fake backhand, Koskinen is down again, and then right on the tape to Shillington. And, I mean, he's probably looking for Chuck there, not Shillington. But, I mean, still, that's, like. Man, oh man, the vision of this guy and Shillington almost flubbed it. If you watch the replay, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the comes, thing is, comes flying in there and just kind of barely gets it in. But the thing is, you'll notice if with any like great playmaker, a lot of times, even if they're what they're attempting to do yeah, doesn't exactly. go through clean, it still makes it through because of the probability of what they're doing, right? Right. Like so, when you have three defenders on you and you alone in yep. the slot, you put the puck into that area. It's probably ending up on somebody's stick. Exactly. Even if you don't make a tape to tape pass every time, if you're making the, the, the play to the open area, like you just said, it's yeah. Like you said, it's going to find its way over. There. Like there's a freeze frame on this goal. And you can see it's like Johnny's already behind the goal line. The puck's just about to hit Shillington stick. McDavid's standing there like a dumbass. Kulak's standing there like a dumbass. The other defense is standing there like a dumbass. Koskinen's standing there like a dumbass. And it's just like going right to Shillington, the wide open net. It's just, that was an incredible play. And also, like I said, big goal from Lindholm to tie the game early. That's a huge fucking goal because the Oilers just scored back-to-back goals on the power play, which they were on all goddamn night. And you really needed that next goal. Yeah. I mean, I only bring up the Johnny thing. I don't, I don't actually do this to troll you know, the whole Johnny's better thing, but. Well, who was better last night? Exactly. He was even better than Dreisaitl. Who was better in the last game these two teams played? Johnny Gaudreau was. And I mean, Johnny Gaudreau, 90 points this year. He's only seven behind McDavid. It's fucking crazy. The top five scores, four of them are from Alberta. Well, isn't Kachuk in fifth place now? Chuck's in fifth, 82 points. And again, we're all talking about how good Johnny Gaudreau was last night. Matthew Chuck was just as good. Still think he's having, I'll say this every episode, he's having one of the most, he's having probably the most underrated season, I think, of anybody in the league because he's fifth in league scoring. He's an absolute beast five on five. Made Mike Smith his bitch last night. But (laughs) yeah, Johnny Gaudreau, 90 points right now. He's only seven behind McDavid. So, dude, these, uh, it's unbelievable how now we know. What it's like for Oilers fans when Connor McDavid Crazy. and Drysaddle score over 100 points. It's just like, oh yeah, no, they're going to score four points again. Oh no, they're going to score all five goals for the team again, again. It's just like we're seeing this this top line, and and it comes back to this relentless thing you're talking about. But and and again, it comes back to this other point we've been discussing on this podcast. It's just like this team knows how to maintain control yeah. of, of each game. Like they do not let a game slip away from them. Um, very rarely have we seen that, 
but it, it's just like they understand the game within the game and they understand the, the control and the momentum points. And, and it's probably a lot of it's due to coaching, but they control the majority of hockey played when they're playing hockey against the entire rest of the league. I mean, the, the Colorado game was definitely going up against the juggernaut and going toe to toe, you know, the game where we, we snuck it out in overtime, you know, there's not really any control. It's just kind of like back and forth. That's why it was the, the best game of the season. But for the majority of these games, the flames are in control. Yeah. And I mean, like, Talk about being in control of the game. They scored nine, five on five goals last night. You know, fucking mad I was get, getting seeing the parade of Edmonton Oilers to the penalty box. And then in the moment, you're like, why are we the only ones getting called when there's obviously stuff going on, going to on both sides? Well, Daryl was pissed about it, as rightly he should be. It was a horrendous officiating last night. And then when you go, why well, would always say, like I mentioned, I come home from hockey and then I watch the entire game from start to finish. And in the first period, you see all these little infractions going on. You're like, okay, I know in about 10 minutes, we're going to get five straight penalties and they're not calling that. And they're not calling that. And it's just like, fuck me, dude. And then that goal, um, <laughs> was this Chucky's, this is Chucky on Smith. But Johnny comes down, he gets hooked, he gets held. slashed, he gets slashed. There's literally three different infractions. We score anyways. But the point is, like, they just had five fucking power plays in a row. And I don't like that's a Foley one. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's pretty least, weak, dude. At least call them. If you're going to be that by the book, you better fucking call it both ways. Like, that was brutal. Well, how many missed calls did they have in the Flames last night? Like, probably 10, 15, if based on how they were calling things. And then my favorite one was, okay, uh, Kachuk takes a shot. This is this is when the game's in the bag, so it's a little less infuriating. But Kachuk takes a shot. Darnell Nurse pile drives his face into the ice. And then fucking Mike Smith comes out and gives him, like, 18 blockers in the face. And somehow Chuck gets a double minor out of all this. Yeah, but don't worry because Chucky fucking loved it all. Yeah, he loved it, it for sure, but it so, was still fucking ridiculous. Well, yeah, it was. Well, he, and even like uh, after what their third, after the five on three, Manjipani's in front of the net and he yeah, cross checked him behind. Yeah, like getting murdered. Manjipani got murdered last night multiple oh, yeah. times. And he's like, the guy's like, oh, no, he dove. Yeah. And it's like, no, actually, it was McDavid that dove. Oh my! Okay, we have to talk about the dive on the backland hit. Yeah, we do. What the hell is that? Listen, that's the you... best. If that's Sidney Crosby, do you remember how much shit Sid had to take from everybody in the entire media? Anybody who watched hockey, like his first five years in the league, because he like, oh, he dives, blah blah blah. How long has McDavid been in the league? How many times has this guy dived? He never gets no. In fact, everybody gives a oh, he, he needs to get more calls. He's a fucking little bitch and he dives like he should be in the Olympics. That was pathetic. I was embarrassed. Dude. I was secondhand embarrassed for him on that, except that he gets the call, of course. Yeah. And then when you see the neck beard, do you get more embarrassed? Or? Oh my God. Why is he so ugly? Oh, like, dude, I'm telling you, like, he's just. There's mix a um, shave in, mix a shave in, get some proactive, get your diet under control and be a proper face for this league, dude. There's a, 
I think it was on the, the Calgary Flames website. There's a photo. You know how they do the game photos? Yeah. There's a photo of like Lindholm and um, McDavid face-to-face, kind of like around center ice. And they're kind of like obviously having some sort of discussion. And it's just like McDavid's probably looking at me like, oh, my God, this guy's good looking. And then Lindholm's probably looking at him like, oh my God, this guy's fucking ugly. It's like, you know, when you were in like school and you used to have to sit behind like the gross kid who like is all zitty and ugly and you're like, that guy's gross. That's what people do when they have to face off against McDavid. You're just like, holy fuck, is he gross? He's so good at hockey, but man, is he ugly. So that, the dive, because that's what it was, there's three different angles. And I get it. If you're a ref and you're on one angle, yeah, maybe it looks like it's a little bit high. Dude, come on. Backlund, absolutely, does he skate into him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, it's, it's contact. It's, it's a physical, it's still a contact sport, I believe, right? Did, it, much uh, longer, did, did it impede uh, anything that Connor McDavid was trying to do in the moment? No, he kind of just skated in front of him. I think you're allowed to skate in front of people still, right? The, the so one out of the three angles, it was the last one they showed on the replay. It in no way or shape or form is it a, a high hit at all. Mm. And I think even on the broadcast, Cassie's like, it's definitely a hit to the head. Oh my god, but no, it's it's kind of shoulder to chest, but the head goes back. He's clutching his face as he's blind. he's like, did a backdrop. Like, yeah, dude, like you're remember, not over fucking yeah. trampoline, bro. Like, remember the Sean guys. Avery dive where he like literally dives, like jump dives. Like that's what it yeah. was like. That's how dude. bad this was. And then he's clutching himself, and fuck, it's just pathetic. Um, Goudreau's uncle on Twitter was just like, <laughs> got, the guy went down like he got shot. <laughs> and then obviously it's not getting called both ways. Uh, but regardless, you. Beat them down anyways, in the words of Kevin Bieksa in the post game. Do you hear that? At least there's one person who had the brain on that panel. Like he's like, Yeah, no, it was close, but you know, by the second or you know, third period, Calgary just started beating them down. <laughs> well, dude, like the Flames scored nine five on five goals. Like without power plays, the Flames win that nine two. And you've got the Hawk Man Canada panel there sitting there like this is one of the highly contested games they've ever seen. Like fucking Kelly Rudy, like Kelly guy. Are you aware of what the standings is? Like this dude says, what did he say? He was like, well, this is such a competitive game and there's, they're so close in the standings. I was like, what? Close in the standings? No, they're not. The Flames and are like 11 points ahead clear of the Oilers. It's like not even close at all. That was a stranglehold game for, you know, placement in the standings, right? If, if Edmonton does squeak that out, then... I don't even know if they would still be able to catch us, but I don't know if they can catch us now. Catch it's us. funny. There's so much uh, comparison to, oh, this is 80s. This is an 80s. <laughs> yeah. Look at the score, 80s, 80s, 80s. Even after the game, they ask Daryl. Oh, my God. Oh, this is kind of like an 80s game. What do you think, Daryl? <laughs> no. <laughs> there would have been more fights and a lot more hits. It was an 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing, this is fucking dude. He was a gold one this week. Somebody, please, somebody, please start a Daryl Sutter podcast. Like, seriously, or a Daryl Sutter account. 
I'm sure actually there is probably a Daryl Sutter account. There. Somebody just needs that. to do one of those things where it's like AI. You know how somebody uh, took all of Joe Rogan's podcasts and like put it into some sort of AI thing. And then it just says like crazy shit about like elk and DMT. Somebody needs to like get all the Daryl Sutter sound bites and then just plug it into an AI and have that be a podcast. Cause that would be fucking amazing. Like literally you could have a podcast just about Daryl, what he talks about, um, how he coaches his team. I mean, we could do a Daryl Sutter podcast. If we just focus on Daryl Sutter. Pretty much but, do. Yeah, we do. Uh, so I don't know how he got asked this or something, but he got asked about the hat trick. I guess they were talking about the fans in the building and the atmosphere and stuff. And then Daryl's like, yeah, I, don't know. I didn't like the black hats. <laughs> All the black hats must, must have been a giveaway. Maybe somewhere into Leduc or something, eh? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Okay. Actually, you know what? You got to put that in. It's awesome. One thing I didn't like was all them black hats that got through on the ice. It must have been a giveaway. Where it Leduc or something? <laughs> Fuck, that was so funny. God, this guy's I'm like, amazing. I'm like, dude, this guy is not only coaching, he's not only currently the best coach in the league, coaching this team just at a level that is league wide. People are like, wow, he's doing it well, fucking trolling media, opponents, his own team. He's just, he just, <laughs> his own team. Yeah, totally. Because some Oilers media guy asked him yesterday, this was though, this was fucking great, dude. Yeah, some, that's the, hilarious. The, I think it was the Oilers guy, the Stoffer guy, or whatever. I don't know. But he's like, are there any elements of this team that remind oh, no, me? No, he says, he says, what elements? Oh, yeah. What elements of this team remind you of your past championships team? And Daryl just looks at him, none. It's not, and it's like his response is so quick. It's like, there's like not even a fucking millisecond by the time he finishes the question to how he answers. It's like, oh, he almost cuts him off. He's like, you know what? What elements? But none. Waits for the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, love it, eh? Even post game last night, right? You know they're going off. Oh, so many people want to see the Oilers and Flames and play. What do you think, Daryl? With that, well, they got to get there first. Both of us, yeah. both teams need to get there first. Yeah. Well, he's even taught everybody was like obviously jerking Johnny Gaudreau off after the game last night, and he's like. I mean, you guys were saying the same thing three years ago, right? Yep. And they didn't win shit. Yeah, Next question. Saying, basically, yeah, five-point game, Jagger Joe. Well, if we would have lost, you wouldn't have been talking about it. So right. it's all about winning. If you win, then, you know. Fuck, dude. <laughs> that hat thing, dude, just had me fucking <laughs> losing it. What, Duke? <laughs> dude, that's such a troll, man. I fucking love it. <laughs> All right, get back to the game. Ooh, all right, so one-one. Tanev in the backland go back to you know, back to back quick goals again. This is good. We've already mentioned that that's a sign of team scoring in bunches is a good thing. We saw it in eighteen nineteen. Um, led to some regular season success, but again, coming back to that point of just being in control of the games. Now you're up three-one. When the officiating starts, um, I guess before that, there's the the three two goal by Drysaddle, and uh, dude, that was an absolutely horrendous play by Zadorov. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I, I thought thinking, he had, I thought they both had a rough night. Zadorov, Agerbenson. 
Yeah. Well, I thought they were okay outside of this. This one play was just fucking god awful. But it's two on two, and even Daryl after the game, he's like, outside of the terrible play on a two and two, we were the better team. But you already know, you have to be aware of two players at all times when you're playing this team. You can't give them any freebies. You can't give them a leg up. Zadarov, you got a two on two. Why are you committing to the same guy, Gabranson, is obviously responsible for as you're backing into your own end, you commit to him and leave dry saddle all alone on the wing. Like that was absolutely, I'm sure it'll be a teaching point. I mean, Daryl was talking about a post game, but that's a, that's a terrible <laughs> defensive breakdown um, to the game's most dangerous goal scorer. So is he leading the league? He is right. Uh, yeah. He's got, well, he's tied with, with Matthews now, I think, isn't he? He'll probably, you know, it'll be actually that'll be an interesting finish. To see I think they both have. First. I think they both have forty five now. And then Kreider's got forty four. Dude, what is with Kreider? Dude, what is with Kreider? Okay, they they both have forty seven actually. Kreider 40... has forty four. <laughs> oh, shit, man. But anyways, three two. Then the all of the power play. Then the, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, give me a fucking break, dude. A two minute five on three. I'm surprised they didn't score two goals on us, to be honest. Well, the penalty kill was it was rolling. That unit was doing a really good job until it just had that small little breakdown. Um, they almost I thought thought they did a pretty good job. There's only so much you can do against that. Yep. Power play is so good. Shillington makes a four three with that unbelievable play. Eugene Hopkins ties it up. That was actually a nice goal. <laughs> yeah, that's an again, like on their power play, they have so many one of the actual good points Cassie made is they're so unpredictable in the power play. They can beat you anyway on the rush, on their setups. Well, and fucking dry cell as much as I hate the guy. Yeah. Fuck, man. No, he, he... Well, a lot of the time, he's... I've said this before, like when the puck's on his stick, he's almost more dangerous than McDavid. Yeah. Because no, you I know, agree. Like, you know what McDavid's really good at, which is like flying around, and he's incredible at that, but. Dry saddle just has, I don't know. He, when he gets the puck on his stick, it always scares the shit out of him. Yeah, because you know he's a threat to score from any position. Yeah. But he's also an excellent playmaker. He can find seams. And he knows that if he finds McDavid, then yeah. like all he has to do is find McDavid and something dangerous could happen. So that was actually a really good goal. Then Kachuk does <laughs> this again, man. It's funny because uh, on Twitter, um, I was I was interacting a bit with uh, with Johnny's uncle based on the whole Connor diving, but then I ended up after that goal, I was asking him, "Do does Johnny get the eyes in the back of his head from your side of the family?" <laughs> like, dude, that Shillington thing is unbelievable. He does it again. Like when the this is crazy. Start a stopwatch. Johnny Gaudreau comes down. He takes a look at what's behind him, and it's like four or five seconds later before he looks back again, and he just finds Kachuk tape to tape pass. This was one one also where I'm like, oh, he missed the open net, and then he yeah. ends up scoring anyways. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, good play. 
<laughs> I mean, even the heads up play by Kachuk not to one time that too. Well, yeah, like, if you look in the replay, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess he might not have actually scored that. And then he, when he drags it to the middle, you're like, shoot it again. Eight. But even then, there were still some bodies in front. So, I mean, I guess if he didn't score, it would be maybe a different conversation. Well, right? I mean, it's so funny. Like, I, that pass Johnny makes uh, to Kachuk there. Like, he puts it, like, Bouchard's standing there like a, a pylon. Like, you look at where Kachuk is and where Duncan Keith and Evan Bouchard are on that goal. Like, Johnny could, like, if he puts it, like, pretty much on Bouchard's, between his stick and his leg. Like, Bouchard is just out to lunch on that play. And again, by the time Johnny is behind the goal line, you have two dummy Oilers defensemen not knowing where they are. They're so discombobulated. Koskinen's just out to the fucking moon, and Kachuk is just can put it wherever he wants. It's just like the whole night could be summed up by Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. Fuck the Edmonton Oilers defensive core into oblivion and their goaltenders. It was just like, was, oh, man. Like Bouchard, like, I'm watching the replay right now. Yeah, no, it's I just so, watched it. It is, so it is funny. Not once it goes through his skates, he like dives to the wrong side of the net. Johnny right? beats him to the puck, puts it right back into his skate, and then he dives like face plants into the net. It's just incredible. Yeah, Ugh. it is incredible. But I mean, we knew we knew this going to the season that the Oilers defense with that goaltending tandem was going to have some problems. <laughs> <laughs> we saw it last night nine five dude nine five on five goals. They cha- lift. They destroyed both of their goalies with with no power play goals. Get this: not only did you have nine five on five goals, but how much penalty kill time do you have to subtract from that amount of five on five time? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, ten minutes. They had well, they had five power plays. So it was. It's not like there was fifty five minutes of five on five time. Right, like you're penalty killing for quite a bit of that. So to score nine goals in the reduced amount of time, woo! <laughs> I just want All to right. find how much time they actually played five on five. Yeah, forty five minutes five on five last night, and they had nine goals, <laughs> nine goals for and two goals against in forty five minutes of of. I guess there was some four on four, but. They still scored all nine goals at five on five. Incredible. They get another fucking power play goal late in the second to, I guess it's halfway through the game, make it six, five at this point. On a bullshit call on Monge, I may add another bullshit call. Yeah. What was the call? Was this not another, wasn't this the two man advantage one? This is the Monge got like a hooking penalty or some shit or tripping or something. He barely even touched the guy. Oh yeah. And then Gabranson got a penalty for high sticking. What's his nuts? Yeah, what is his nuts? Gabran or uh, Hyman? Yeah, Hyman. He's kind of he's, he's still scoring. He was started off the season really well, eh? Yeah, he. I he he's not I didn't even notice him once last night, other than that when he got a high stick and was trying to milk it for blood. That's true. He's kind of seems like he's going through the process of leaving a really good team structurally. Yeah, and <laughs> having success there in Toronto to coming to shithole um, with two good players and starting <laughs> to tail off a bit, but Who could have saw that coming. Right. So then this is where I had to leave. And then I was just fucking all night. I, we were playing three on three hockey last night at small rink. And 
The whole time I'm like, fuck, I wonder if the Flames pulled it off. I wonder if the Flames pulled it off. So instantly, once I get to the dressing room, go look at my phone, 9-5. When I go back and watch the the rest of the, the third period after when I get home, um, I'm trying to think now, this 7-5 Lindholm goal. Oh, we, we missed talking about the second Kachuk goal on Dipshit McGee where he chirped him. <laughs> yes. Okay. How well, much do you love Matthew Kachuk? Oh, my God, dude. Like, I don't even know if it's... I love Matthew Kachuk as much as I hate Mike Smith. Like, it's just I, I incredible. Don't, I don't know if it's appropriate. How no, much it I love isn't. Matthew it it's not suitable for work if you're listening I, to that. I love him in an inappropriate <laughs> way. <laughs> like the motherfucker puts that five hole at you. Oh, and then he chirps Smith. Oh, my Lord. That's like my favorite moment of the last 10 years, I think. And um, I do want to say this, okay? Because Backlund's getting into it with Smith, too. And we do talk shit about Backlund. But say what we will against Michael Backlund, but motherfucker rises to the occasion in these battles. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing when he was going toe to toe with Marshawn. Like he has that element. He has that competitive nature that sure. In an 82 game season, I really curious to see how Michael Backlund performs in the playoffs this year, but over an 82 game season. Yeah. He's got his lulls and he's got his fucking, but he always yeah. fucking shows up for these games. Always. always. And especially because he's the one who has to go again, toe to toe against McDavid. Exactly. The, the ones fucking, in Calgary, he always shows up and he fucking loves it. Yeah. It's like when he was going toe to toe with Marshawn, that was his assignment. So I am really, really curious because you want to talk about playoff matchups and you're starting to see the evolution of this roster and how Daryl is going to utilize it. But currently, what's the second line? You got Backland with, is it Dubé and Toffoli now? Is it the second line? Yeah, it's it was kind of, for the most part, that was, that was what it, they were rolling last night. And then Yarncroft between Monge and uh, Coleman. Yeah, I'm, I am liking these lines. I think there might be one more kind of, you know, I don't know what you would call it, like a change in the line in the roster that might work even better. But dude, he's in McDavid's face all night yeah. long. He's in Mike Smith's face. And I just it just reminded me, it was like, yeah, Michael Backland, we do shit on you a lot, but fuck do I appreciate you showing up for these games yeah, he time was, after yeah. time. He was fucking great last night. What do you have? Two goals? Two goals, three primary points. Was like Both his goals were yeah, fucking were just, just sick. Yeah, it's like, dude, that's what we're talking about, Michael Backman. Just yeah. hit the fucking net. Bro. If he hit the net more, he would be my favorite player in the entire world. But he, yeah, would, he yeah, he was Backlund of old last night, and yep. he has been a like he. We've said this before. He is really like a, a key cog on this team. It's like when Backlund yeah. is Backlund, this team is so good. When Backlund is not Backlund, this team struggles a lot. So he shut McDavid down for the most part last night. Like he was like over 70% expected goals. If scored two goals, three points was in people's face all night. Like Gaudreau and Kachuk were amazing last night, but I thought Backlund had a hell of a game. Oh yeah. You picked him as a top performer, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And let's draw a quick parallel to that because yeah, you've been saying this. He's a key cog. We've also, at the start of the season, we're saying Sean Monahan is a key cog. We have all seen this coming. The writing's been on the wall. So he's a healthy scratcher two games now. 
my question to you, and I know the answer, it's not, it's a, it's a rhetorical question. Are we missing Sean Monaghan? No, we're not. The guy contributes nothing. And I don't want to, this is, I don't want to bring this up to dunk on him because the mad respect for what he's done for this organization. I, I'm not, I don't know if he's, if he's, if he's done, you know, career wise, maybe the whole hip surgery thing. I can't remember when I heard this. It was when the, the trade rumor was going around, but I did hear that it's people say that it takes a year and a half to recover from those things. I mean, the guy has scored so many goals in the past, you know, he has the goal scoring ability in him. Can he come back? I don't see him being a Calgary flame next season because you already had to move him to make the signings that you need to keep Goudreau, Chuck, Monahan, yeah, and whoever else you're going to continue to fucking have on your team. But he is the new Sam Bennett. He's the new sad story for the, for the Calgary Flames. But, dude, even Sam, even, even when Sam, we were going through the sad Sam Bennett whole Sega, he even, he was still brought something to the team. He still contributed. Right, he still fucking would rock somebody or beat the shit out of somebody or do something. Sean Monahan does nothing. He doesn't do anything for this team. Ergo, he's out of the lineup. I'm curious, maybe, maybe he just needs some rest. Maybe he needs a couple of weeks off just to do some fucking physio or something. I don't know where his physical status is in. You know that when guys watch the game, like, dude, that's gonna be tough. If you're Sean Monahan, you're now you're in the fucking press box watching this team play. But you just beat down the Oilers 9-5. Did you miss Sean Monahan one fucking bit? Well, it's kind of funny. A lot of what we talked about in the offseason was like, if Sean Monahan's not on this team, who's going to score goals? And it's like Lindholm, Mangiapane, Gadrok, Chuck, or like <laughs> us. Yeah, <laughs> there you got. Okay. Well, they all have over 30. Yeah. So what's 30 times four is 120 goals. These guys are scoring. It's insane. So Fuck. dude, like you totally feel for him. And like, I mean, I, I don't like the media asking Gaudreau about it. Like they're everyone fucking asked him this week. Oh, what about Sean? What about Sean? And Gaudreau was like, he's been through 20 surgeries. Like he's still a really good guy. We love having him here, but he's dude. His days are fucking his days are even if he was having a good year this year, like he would most likely be gone next year. Well, because yeah, sal- you because have the because salary have cap to. implications. Him so, sucking just means you're getting less in return. Yeah, him sucking just means like, okay, now it's not even now it's not even a discussion, and you probably have to pay somebody to take him at this point. Um, and the other point I want to make on it is Daryl Sutter is a fucking boss. Yeah, you you think D- Jeff Ward would ever fucking put Sean Monahan in the press box? You fucking break, dude. Well, he wouldn't even have the the balls or the brains or even know how to deal with it. He never would have put him in a fourth line C ever. We would have never seen that happen. And then obviously you'd never get to sit the guy. So, and it's not even that Daryl's a dick. He's just like, no, we're winning. I'm going to put the best chance of winning the roster. And if, We've seen it. It's been a fucking evolution, de-evolution for Sean Monaghan. He had a shot at the start of the season. No, you're not going to play on the top line with Johnny. It's not going to work. Then the top line's so good, you can't split them up. So he's two seat. He played, yeah, he's, he's not. 
He's not cutting it. 3C. Holy fuck, he's not cutting it. 3C. 4C. Holy fuck, he brings nothing 4C. So the other thing I wanted to ask you is, this is the first time we see Carpenter. What's his first name? Uh, Ryan, I think. What were your thoughts on him? Because I'm when I was watching live in and out before I left, yeah. I didn't really think to look for him. But then when I watched the game afterwards, start to finish, you know, they reminded me, oh, yeah, this is his first game. So I was kind of looking for him a bit. At least, dude, first glance from this guy, what I can tell is he's a competitor. All right. Sorry for the interruption, folks. Just got to get an award from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. So for NBA fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or you live in Canada, you can still get a big payday with huge cash prizes from DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network and bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. Promo code is THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus only minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. There's a minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you live in Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, one 800 889 9789. If you're in Connecticut, call 888-789 quadruple seven or visit ccpg.org slash chat in New York. Call 8778 Hope NY. He plays a hard game, and I think he has a mean element to his game. I'm not saying he's going to contribute much offensively, but it's on your fourth line. That's not necessarily what you're looking for. But if him and Lucic can start to get a little bit of a synchronicity happening fuck Lucci just playing mean last night hey eh? he's finally over his old team dude, you noticed yeah i know it's about time did you see him come to the rink last night and what he was wearing dude looked like a boss <laughs> dude is a boss incredible but he Lucic was hammering guys although dry saddle made him his bitch a couple times he yeah that was ugh. he almost murdered i think it was play oh, rv he like dude. you could see him track him down he missed dude yeah hit. He was on the high boards? Yeah, like um, I think it was in that third, but he yeah, had he was headhunting. He's finally fucking hates this team as much as we do, finally. Both time. But if if you have Lucic playing like that, and I mean that is Lucic's role on this yeah, team. Exactly. I don't, he can't execute anything other than that. So if you want to have him have value, have him on the fourth line, absolutely destroying defensemen in the corners. And I think Carpenter will will add to, you know, that physical competitiveness where I think he's going to be mean, dude. And he's apparently he's a strong defender. So if he's strong in your defensive end as a 4C, and then the offensive end, he's kicking, bang, and crash, wears some defensive down in a, long, in a seven-game series. At first glance, um, I kind of liked the energy he, he brings to that fourth line. We'll see what kind of player he turns out to be, though. What would you yeah. think? I thought he was fine. You know, like he only played like eight minutes, five on five, maybe a little over eight minutes. Hey. Held his own. He brings more than Sean Monaghan does. Exactly. Later. And I think that's the problem with – it's like 
and even myself, I'm like, well, you know, Monaghan, like he's playing with Lucic and Lewis. Like, what's he supposed to do? It's like, well, when you're on the fourth Something, line, you're, you're anything. Also, exactly. You're also playing against other teams' fourth lines, right? So if you're a skilled player like Sean Monaghan and you're playing against shitty players, you'd think you would maybe go like, you know, not go 15 games with, with zero points. Yeah. Something along those lines. Like it should be if Monaghan's on your fourth line, it should be an advantage for your team because, hey, we have a guy who can score some goals and against other teams, terrible players. And it's yep. not been that at all. So, well, and it's interesting because we're talking about this de evolution, but you and I have, t- have talked about this quite a bit in the past, right? With the Backlund and Monaghan, there's always been some sort of roster malfunction, right? It's like you can't play them both 1C, 2C. 2C, 3C, it's like it fucks up your your whole your whole slot. It slots you in the wrong way, right? You always bring us up. Lubardius. It's slotting. It's slotting. He just, uh, unless he's fucking scoring 30 goals, you cannot. What does he bring, right? Well, and that's the other thing, too. Like, right, de-evolution. Power play, okay? You're, you're playing on the fourth line. You're still getting power play one time. Still getting power play one time. Okay, you're not doing anything. Still getting it. Okay, well, you know, we got to Foley. You're down to power play two. Let's give you a run there. You're, uh, Yeah, you're not doing anything. Yeah. And, I mean, you want to talk about roster management. This whole de-evolution process, Daryl has executed uh, the, the de-evolution of Sean Monahan to a fucking perfection. Has he not? Like, he has given him every opportunity. There was no fucking dicking around like we saw with Jeff Ward. Oh, you're in the press box tonight. Yeah. Oh, you're on what fucking line one tonight. Oh, you're back in the press box. And then Sam Bennett's like, yeah, I don't really know what's going on. No one said anything to me. I don't know. I don't know if it's mind games because no one's fucking said shit. But for Daryl Sutter, he's given Sean Monahan every fucking opportunity to bring his game back. And at each point where he fails to do that, he's reduced his role and then still give him more opportunity. He failed to do it, so he reduces his role. He just kind of slowly let Sean Monahan phase himself out of this lineup. And this is with no, you know, ill intention whatsoever. This is Daryl with the best intention for the team. Doesn't give a fuck about the individuals. It's about the team. So if you're not actually going to contribute shit as a 4C, why are you in the roster? I don't know if I, I have a I have a feeling we'll see more Sean and Monahan here. He's going to get one more shot at it. I think. What? How many games got left? Eighteen. Eighteen games left. Are we going to see him at four C again? Like, or maybe not. Maybe he just needs the ice. Sit in the ice bath for the rest of the fucking year. Well, you listen to Daryl, what he was talking about, like when he was asked about it, he's like, yeah, he needs to rest, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's worked his, he worked his butt off in the summer. Like I, like you said, no ill intent. Like I think Daryl still, um, you know, wants the best for Monaghan, but he doesn't help this team win right now. And he's not going to help this team win if he's, because like maybe he is cooked, maybe he's totally done from these injuries. Maybe he will be better next year somewhere else. But you yeah. just can't. You just can't have him in the lineup right now. You just can't. No matter, even if it's no fault of Sean Monahan, it's it's obviously in Daryl's eyes not not for a lack of effort on Monahan's part or putting the work in. But you just can't. No matter how you slice it, like he doesn't help you right now. Yeah, it's come to this. This is where it's yeah. come to. You have no other choice if you're Daryl. But again, credit to Daryl 
for the process that Sean's gone through to weed himself out because I don't see uh, Jeff Ward executing, moving his for- his roster forward the way Daryl has with now Sean Monahan's not part of it. And if you're Sean Monahan, I don't know, man, like, like we said, I think regardless, Redding was on the wall. You can't re- you're not, you got to move him in the off season, even if he was scoring fucking 18 goals. But for Sean, I don't know. I think he's going to have to go through some sort of reinvention of himself. Yeah. And I think he will. He will. I mean, you were saying this the other day. What was it up until this season? He was like one of the most prolific goal scorers of his, his draft class. Dude, he's still, there's only three players in the 2013 draft who scored 200 goals. Monaghan, Barkov, and McKinnon. Monaghan did it the fastest, even though he played more games than those guys. Um, like, He's still what seven? He's well, I guess Johnny has 200. He's one of like what nine or 10 players in Calgary Flames history to score 200 goals. So he's going to reinvent himself. You got to think, just, yeah, that'll just be the next kind of evolution of his, his own career as a professional, right? Like, and maybe you look at it, okay, he's actually improved defensively under Daryl Sutter, his defensive game, even though everyone's like, oh, he's minus 16. It's like, well, you know, if you look at his underlings, his, his defense has actually been a lot better this season and last season than it was ever in his season prior or career prior. So maybe he becomes like on another team. Maybe he becomes like, you know, a, a just a, a middle of the road NHL guy who can score a few goals and plug a hole on somebody's team three C or something. Yeah. Well, I think maybe a team's got to try him on the wing. Yeah. You got to do something. I think to, to, to limit how much he has to skate around because that's the thing that I've noticed the most this year. Outside of the fact he can't shoot anymore, um, is is his yeah is his skating like he's just always behind the play. All right, let's get back to uh, the game. So, Lindholm makes a seven five to extend the lead. We already discussed this. This is right after the march from fucking ten beller. Okay, what did Kachuk say to Smith though? Just fuck you, or it's probably just fuck you, eh? I love how after the game, they're like, "So, what are your thoughts, guys? Was this a, was this a beak? Oh yeah, Is Rudy, that was definitely a beak." Kevin Bieksa <laughs> nodding his head. Yep, <laughs> he was like, "Fuck, I love this guy." Oh, I love it. I love in the scrum where Smith was punching him when I was talking about earlier. Didn't get a penalty. You could see Kachuk say something like, "What have you made one save tonight?" dude and then the fans are giving it to smith eh? that was fucking awesome i love it and it's funny because it's probably some Oilers fans too yeah right that are giving it to him but that's where that's where flames and Oilers fans can maybe like we can find some common ground is mike smith fucking sucks finally they can find some common ground with us eh we've only been telling you for fucking three seasons oh get your head out of your ass come on but i love how you know, so he bobbles it, almost scores on himself somehow. <laughs> That's right. Could you imagine if he did? Like, oh. fucking place would have, the lid would have popped off that place. Yeah. But then the fans are just like, oh, fuck, wow, good job. And then he's getting the Bronx cheer when he's fucking getting dumpings on that. Fuck, that was great. And then, so yeah, let's talk about the Chucky altercation because that happens after he beaks him. Yeah. This is in the third period, right? Yeah. And the game's kind of like, yeah, you can tell the Flames are going to win this. And then so now Chucky's up to his antics because it's the Oilers. 
he's really toned it down. But there's there's a couple teams that he just will never be able to let it go with. Obviously, over there's number one, Muzz and the Leafs probably number two. But he goes down on the net, crashes into Mike Smith a bit, and then he's behind the net, and you can see him. He's poking him with a stick. Eh? Like the, the play's done. The whistle's already gone. It's like you're not, he's not trying to get the puck. He's trying to be a pest. He's trying to go with Mike Smith, right? Fuck, that was hilarious. Which is pretty easy to do. Oh, <laughs> such <laughs> a, a bum. Such a hothead, eh? Oh. So then, yeah, Nurse is jumping on him. Smith's coming in, blocking him. And but Chucky loves it, dude. Every minute of it. He gets up. Man, he's big. Eh? He's big. He okay. Hands down. Matthew Kachuk has to be the number one face wash, glove in the face guy in the league. Right? Like if there was a stat. Face, wa- or, face wash for 60. Yeah. yeah. Face wash for 60. Like you have shots per game, face washes per game. <laughs> this guy leads the fucking lead by a mile. Like every little, every little scrum. Face wash, glove in the face. Face wash, glove in the face. Hey, he's just like, but he, he's, he's tall enough that he can always get his arms over. But that's like his go-to. He's just like, I'm going to piss you off by putting my glove right in your face. <laughs> oh. So the scrum's going on, and Nurse is trying to fucking – I don't know what he, Nurse is trying to do with that weird face of his. But <laughs> then Chuck's like, I don't even give a fuck about Nurse. I'm going back to Smith. And he gets a glove in Smith's face, and then Nurse has to pull him off again. Fuck, that was fucking funny, dude. Well, dude, uh, just on the Lindholm goal too. Like, what a like Kachuk is again for being so underrated. I think like just he was so good on the forecheck. Like he goes in and bashes. I think it was Bouchard again, or it might have been somebody else. Gets that puck right to Johnny in the slot. He's got three guys on him. Like all Kachuk right there. But yeah, like in that scrum, you can see if you go back and watch the game, is Kachuk says something like, "I can see him say like, what have you made one save to Smith or something about that? Or like one save, one save." Oh, dude, yeah. You know what? You're you're um you're describing that goal. So I'm watching it on my phone right now. Yeah, you're right. He goes in there and he he actually sets everything up. He creates the turnover, dish finds Johnny the slot, and then as he beaks him again. Did you notice that? As he's skating by Smith, he's beaking him again. <laughs> Dude, these guys have hated Smith. I we always we always knew it when he was here. It's like we the, we hate this guy. And what was I listening to? Oh, I was listening to a, a Chris Pronger on Spit and Chicklets podcast that I've listened to a bunch of times because I love Chris Pronger. But he was talking about how it used to piss him off so much. And this is Chris Pronger. Like, he's like, you're telling me Matthew Chuck. Guys, guys like this, you know? Guys yeah, like this. this is are, a, he's a Hall of Famer, isn't he? These, yeah, these are hockey player, hockey players. And these are like the best of all time. These category. are the elites. And not even just on the ice, like they, the way they think the game, how much they know about the game. And Pronger was talking about how much it used to boil his blood that Briz Galov would like yell at his defenseman or make gestures to his defenseman. And like, I guarantee that's what a lot of players hate Mike Smith for. Like, remember when he was here and he would not even just like gestures, like after the game. Oh yeah. Like, fuck. The media. Lose, like five one. And they'd be like, Oh yeah. A rough game. And I was like, Oh, my fucking defense sucked tonight. Nah, 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 nah. It's like, these guys hate this prick. Guys a fucking loser. And then it, I was watching, I think it was the Oilers game before this one, I think. Oh, no, it was the one where he got lit up. I can't remember what it was. But there's a goal where um, somebody throws to the front net. It goes off. I think it was Tyson Berry. Right, yeah, I know. And it goes about. in. And Berry is just, oh, 
he like looks up he's like fuck it went off my stick and bounced in it's like barry didn't shoot it in the fucking net he was coming back to help you out the guy shoots it. It's just a really bad bounce. And Smith's just fucking glaring at me. Remember the so, glare? Yeah, he'd do that all the time. Just glaring. And then every... He's the weirdest guy when, when goals get scored on his reaction. just He always looked at someone when he... You can always see he's he's saying fuck or something, right? Because his head moves. And he's like, fuck! But he's always looking directly at one of his defensemen when he says it. This is fucking... Yeah, he's... guy's an idiot. Yup. Yup. Yep. Hey, I Mike, cannot, do you I cannot do... wait, and I don't know if it'll happen, but I pray it does for the point in this season where I can pull out that gif. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to pull out that yep gif. Mike, did the Oilers miss the playoffs? Yep. Mike, did uh, the Flames, did the Oilers get eliminated before the Flames? Yep. What are the I don't want to put mean... the cart before the horse, but I'm waiting to pull that one out. Yeah, I, I'm just praying. Like the odds that they miss the playoffs are probably pretty pretty slim at this point. Dude, they're not missing the playoffs. But Vegas would have to. Vegas and Dallas would have to get their shit together real real fast for the for the Oilers to miss. Oh, but I thought you meant the Flames. Flames aren't missing the playoffs. Oh no no no, we're making the playoffs. No, Oilers. They're starting to. They do this, eh? They hey hey, their- Kelly Rudy says the standings are really close, dude. Even though we have like way more points. I don't know if anybody's catching us now. Did the, did the oh the Kings did win last night? The Kings won last night. They're still seven back, and we have two games in hand on them. No Why are they so fucking? Yeah, good? I knew. I knew this was. I said this, and this was one of my hot takes in the summers. Like the Kings are going to be good. They got Phil Deneau this year. Like Kopitar is still a beast. I I still I like Quicks, the Quicks, Quicks having a good season. They got Arvidsson. They got some young talent. I I liked their team early on. They're a good little team. Okay, so let's finish this game up. <sighs> what are we on? Goal Lind- seven or Lind- eight? <laughs> Lind- we'll make it seven five. Backlund, that was such a nice goal, dude. Dude, top he, shelf glove on Smith. Come on. He does a couple fake shots. He's the defender's just it's like a parting of the seas, eh? The <laughs> defender's like, here, just take a fucking lane right to the net. This is how we defend it here in Edmonton. Well, but- dude, like how bad? Like, that's what I was watching last night. Darnell Nurse fucking sucks. At He's defense. terrible at defense. Dude, like, I who's, knew he was bad. Who's good? That's why I was like, oh, they got Kulak. He's actually decent in defense, but yeah. Like, like he's really bad. Like there was like four, five, six plays last night where I was like, what are you doing? His extension, his extension that pays him 9.25 million for eight years hasn't oh even hasn't God, even kicked dude. in yet. It kicks in next year. They're going to pay him more than Dreisaitl for eight years. Don't you just love it when the Oilers organizations overpays the wrong players? Fuck. Pathetic. Yeah, he was bad last night. And on that backing goal specifically, like, what are you doing, bud? (laughs) Just back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Well, and then Smith's on the goal line. It's like, (laughs) fucking you and I are scoring that. In in the NHL, if we were Michael back and we're scoring that because the defenders allow you to walk right into the high slot and Mike Smith sitting on the goal lane. It's like, <laughs> yes, Backlund, just hit the net. You did it. Good job, bud. Good job. Dubay scores the ninth puck or the ninth goal. I'm going to pull this one up so I can remind myself. Yeah. Backlund tries like. to shoot it. It's almost the exact same play. They break into the zone. Backlund shoots. It gets blocked. Dubay roofs it. Uh, same. Spot. Oh yeah. 
Seven it. Yeah. Again, Bouchard, like again, it was, yeah. Uh, Nurse was bad. Uh, Bouchard. Whew. Yeah. He, that guy is just as bad as his. How oh, that's ugly that's the next Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger. Yeah. How, how, how weird and ugly is the whole team? Yeah. Let's like go through it. Again, we, they're weird and ugly, and I don't even know who they are. Like, I remember last time when we were at the game. The Oilers game, I was like, I don't even know who the fuck these guys are. Like, sure, who is that? Like, I ha- when I see them on TV, I have to check their number on hockey reference. I don't know who they are. Just a bunch of really? ugly freaks. So we covered McDavid's ugly mug. Let's spend some time on Darnell Nurse. Is he the next weirdest? I, like, maybe he's not the ugliest, but what is going on with this guy's face? Did he get hit by? Did his face get hit by a truck? Just his face. It's like that uh, scene from Tommy Boy or Black Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> when he gets a two by four across the side of the face, he's got like a giant fucking red mark. Dude, Bouchard... he's like, is there a mark on my face? <laughs> Not here. Not here. But here. Like, what's going on with Darnell Nurse's, what is it, his eyebrow? I don't know. The whole, the whole shebang. He's Did he have beat a waxing? He must have been pretty, pretty beat up pretty bad for that to happen. But Bouchard, have you ever seen the meme of like the mouth breather who has no chin? Yeah. That's Bouchard. <laughs> All right, we got what with the coach, dude? What is who is that guy? He looks like he's from Charlie Brown or something, dude. It's so weird. Whenever I see him on the highlights, I'm like, is he good looking? Is he ugly? Like, what is like, who is this fucking guy? Dude looks like he should be in a cartoon. Like, it's like he's got like really long eyelashes. His face looks like, or I mean, his teeth, his mouth and his teeth are just odd. He looks like he's like he's got decent six. hair. Yeah, like he, you said, he was a peanuts character. Is he looks he? like he's from Charlie Brown or like a cartoon or like he looks like he's oh I don't know what he he looks like a fifty year old ten year old or something. It's very weird. <laughs> You're right. You're so right. He looks like a little kid that's a grown man. <laughs> oh man, really? only in Edmonton, eh? Yeah, it's like there's a. Uh, some sort of weird something in the water up there. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, you're sitting there like, why, why is fucking there so many Oilers fans at the Calgary games? And you're like, are there as many Calgary games at the, at the Edmonton games? And it's like, no, because Calgarians don't go to live in Edmonton. Nobody goes to live in Edmonton. Like that's not what Calgarians do. They don't go. I'm going to go live in Edmonton. I mean, you some know, people do yeah. for work. You know, like shit. a few people, I know a few people who like live in Fort Mac for work and that's it. But the ratio of desire for wanting, if you're a Calgarian to want to live in Edmonton and vice versa is definitely the odds or the ratio is in the Edmonton or Edmonton fans living in Calgary because they're getting out of that fucking dump. That's right. So I think that's part of it. That it's like, right. you know what? You're only so... There's only so many, but not because of your families, because we have a better city. So suck on that. Totally. Did Derek Ryan play last night? No, I didn't see him. See her. Did he play though? Don't I? I, I don't think because I'm like part of me is like, well, this is we're usually when Derek Ryan disappeared before. But I mean, listen, dude. Like, let me say, like, big, huge Derek Ryan fan over here. And I, I'm not saying anything to disparage him, but I mean. Having guys like uh, Yarncrock and oh. even, I think, Carpenter and guys who, because that was the one knock on Ryan, you know, yeah. like kind of soft. And, you know, me, I was always like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, I think it makes a difference. Oh, dude, you're seeing how 
hard and tough we are now. And it's, it's their, our classic thing is, yeah, you want to beat teams while beating them down. There's nothing more like how, how satisfying, how satisfied were you last night? Dude, like I stayed up till two in the morning, knowing, knowing I had to be up early. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way, like I would, this is better than sleep. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much better. Like, fuck nine to five before the game. You're like, all I want. Just win. Just win. Give me a beat down, yeah. please. It would be the best thing ever. Well, and I mean, again, I thought Zadora a few a few bad turnovers, but like um the guys last night, like the the newer guys, I thought Manjapani too. Manjapani had an underrated. Oh my god, say, dude. like fuck he this, was good. This guy, every game, I'm like, I can't believe how good this guy is. I can't wait to watch him in the playoffs. Everything he does, he's like one of those guys you ISO cam him. Yeah. You're just like, holy fuck, is he a good hockey player? He's not even big, but he plays fucking big. Dude, he's not afraid of anybody. No, he had four scoring chances last night at five on five, two high danger chances. He had three hits. Fucking love that guy, dude. Yeah. But what I was going to say is like the the big boys last night, like uh, not even the big boys because Manjapani in this too. Some of the guys on the team who are newer to the team, Coleman, Zadorov, Yarn crock, like they were throwing their body. They were playing big boy hockey last night. Yep. Obviously, Gabranton too, but yeah, dude, I'm really liking Yarn crock more and more. Obviously, yeah, Yarn, I, yeah. I want to see him get his first goal and chip on offensively too, but he's doing all the right things otherwise. Yeah, he works his butt off. He's does all the right things. He's strong on the boards. He, he uses his body well. I, I'm liking him a lot. So that Dubé goal comes with five minutes left, and then the we want 10 chance to start. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm on the TV. I'm like, what are they saying? What the fuck are they saying? And then Cassie's like, oh, they're saying we want 10. And then Hatterai just like can't contain his laughter. Fuck, that was funny, dude. Like, yeah, this well, is coming back to this point of like, you have American fans and you have Canadian fans, and you it's the intelligence of Canadian fans. And it's just, this is awesome because you're not necessarily rubbing it in, right? But you are at the same time, right? Are you not just – it's like a steaming pile of dog shit. And you're just, now you're rubbing their faces. I guess you are rubbing. You're, you're, you're rubbing totally, it in. You're totally rubbing it in, but in a really intelligent way, right? We well, and again, Flames fans, we know when to we, – we have shame, right? We, yes. have, we have self-respect. We know yes. when to chant. When you're up oh, nine to yes. five with five minutes left, then you could rub it in. Not when it's like fucking you're losing seven, five and it's the like, give me a break. We know when to rub it in. That was fucking. And then dude, I was laughing at how hard they were trying to score their 10th goal. Like Have they were going balls out. Hard? They were going balls out for those final four minutes. They almost, obviously they, they became really close. But man, they were trying so hard. I was laughing, man. Uh, Kachuk awesome. Hattrick on Smith to make to get ten would have would have made this game just per, a perfect game, even better. Like the Flames had nine high danger scoring chances in the third period. Dude, I haven't honestly. I haven't seen him press that hard in the final four minutes all season. Yeah, that was incredible. and you're up nine to five. Like they hate this fucking team as much <laughs> as we do. Incredible. Did you? Uh, I had a note here, so I might as well cover it. Did you see the Scotto Chris Tanev interview? Yeah. Fuck yeah, Chris. 
This is like this is Scott, Scott Oak, Oak to a T right there. Scott Oak, why don't you crawl into a hole and just fuck off for a while? This is like this is the classic. So you suck. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So uh, Chris, did you know? Fun fact for you. You haven't scored against the Edmonton Oilers in nine years. That's your uh, first goal against the Edmonton Oilers in nine years. No, I didn't know that. Oh, oh I guess I better ask another question. I better ask a not stupid question. Like, you got an NHL player coming on for a fucking interview in the intermission, and you're going to tell him how bad he sucks. One of the okay. best players on the team. No. Dude, oh my, dude, lately I'm watching Hannah Tanev. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe how fucking good this guy is at defense. Yeah, like, it, I can't believe how good he moves on the ice. Like, that play up to Gaudreau? Yeah. It's just like, dude, not only is he nullify everything, his position is so sound. He's got vision to get the puck out. This guy is, I can't believe that. I, mean, I can't believe I ever thought this guy was not going to be good. Like, yeah. it just blows my mind how well, good he was. That's, that's good where it is. is. With how good he is, you're just like, I. Like, he's way, like, straight out, he's way better than TJ Brody. How about Mark Giordano? He's, way, he's better than Mark by a fucking mile. Like, he's so good. I can't believe how good he's been offensively this year. Like, dude, dude skates so well. Thank God he's staying healthy. I know he had a maintenance day the other day, but. I will go out on a limb and say this is Bradshaw Living's best UFA signing by a large margin. A large margin over Markstrom? I think so, just because he's been so elite for two years. Well, and it was kind of like, yeah, you knew you knew Markstrom's the number one guy. Yeah, you knew what you were Chris Tanev, if you're looking at the underlyings, you're kind of questioning can he be a top pair guy? But fuck. My biggest thing from this game. My biggest thing, just from, you know, yes, I like the whole beatdown and, and everything, but the thing that impressed me the most about this game is that, and I was actually on the way home after hockey listening to the, the overtime show and, and a caller, I don't know who it was, but they're like, the, this team would have lost that game after blowing yeah. the 3-1 yep, after blowing, after blowing lead in the past three seasons, they would have lost this game. They would have fell apart. They wouldn't have been able to. They wouldn't have been able to maintain control of the game, well, which dude, is now the new theme of the podcast. Even but, the even the first goal, thirty seconds in, would have shattered them. Yeah, like it's nothing seems to phase them, and I know it's a massive part of it is Daryl Sutter. Whatever, whatever coaching is happening on the bench, in between the whistles, and definitely in between the periods. And that's part of it, too. It's just like, okay, what did we finish the, the period with a 3-2? Like, when there's a pressing, I'm like, fuck, just get through the period because then I know Sutter is going to get him ready for the next one, right? But that's the biggest thing for me because if this is Ward's team or Gulletson's team, you don't win that game. There's three, there's two or three points of that game where you fall apart. Well, yeah, and I think that's – not even the most impressive thing about this season, but the reason that Daryl was brought in pretty much because, and you've heard him talk about this too. Like when he says things like, Oh yeah, you know, this team uh, was really good. Like he's talked to the media about this a lot lately. 
when they're saying like giving him questions like, Oh, how good has this team been? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, sure. They were good three years ago and they got, they won one playoff game. Right. Like that's what this is about. And until like, it's just night and fucking day. And that's why I'm so excited to watch them in the playoffs this year instead of what I usually am, which is terrified. Terrified. Yeah. No, I agree. The more I'm, I'm getting more confident with this team. Because like, yeah, maybe we get beat in round one or two or whatever. Oh, we get beat by a better team, but it's not going to be like what it's been like in years past where it's like an absolute shit show for four or five games. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, conclude that game. Um, there's been a few games since we recorded last We're this season. We haven't been able to spend as much time. Um, I've been a hell, hell of a lot busier this season, but why don't we, instead of actually let's do the game stats for the Oilers game. Yeah. We'll wrap it up with that. Cause five on five, we're better. Oh team. dude. Dominated the five on five, 62 shot attempts to Edmonton's 40, 37 scoring chances to 24 high danger chances this is a high event game. 17 for the flames, 13 for the Oilers. That's five on five. So as BXO was the only one with any brains to say, like this was a beatdown. Which it was, yeah. and I mean Ooh, that was a that was a barn burner, highly highly skilled back and forth. Oh, playoffs! Yeah. Give us more of that in the playoffs. And I mean, yeah, I don't want that. In the, that come on, like the Flames would own these guys if they played like that every game. Like break it down, right? This is a nine-two game if you take out the shitty power plays. The Flames crushed them. Even okay, let's go all situations, game stats, all situations. Flames had seventy-six shot attempts. Oilers had fifty-two. Flames had 46 scoring chances. The Oilers had 31. Flames had 18 high danger chances. The Oilers had 16. So, even all situations, the Flames dominate this game. Let's not forget this is also on a back to back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you yeah, the adrenaline's pumping. They were a little bit. They the were a bit more, shaky in the first period. Yeah, the Oilers had a little bit more leg in the first. Yeah. But fuck, did they respond? So absolute domination. Okay. Probably, probably a game you you maybe want to, uh, you know, clean up a few things. You don't want to get into a run and gun with Edmonton every night. But I mean, come on, like the Flames owned. The Flames were for two periods two and three. Flames destroyed them. So let's um let's quickly just do a what you know, one little tiny synopsis on each one of these games. So the San Jose Sharks game that's a tough loss, right? You're you're up, you're in control, and then all of a sudden you lose the game in a matter of what three minutes against the Sharks late in the third, uncharacteristic from what we've seen from this team. And that one fucking stung because San Jose, they already did this to you, not in that fashion, but they've beat you twice already this season. You can't seem to beat them for some reason. Their roster kind of stinks. Um, and you're just like, how are we not beating this guys? But how did you feel after that one? I think you were a little pissed. Yeah, I was pissed. I think most people were pissed. They sucked in the third period. Um, it was just kind of like they took the third period off and like they thought they were going to win it and without having to do the work. And San Jose, I mean, give San Jose credit, right? They, they seize the opportunity and go away. But yeah. that, that's, a, that's an annoying game. And I know everyone was like, oh, Markstrom sucked. Yeah, he, he wasn't great. But I mean, the Flames like totally dipped on him in the third. Yeah, he let us. Well, I think all his goals were kind of yeah. Weak. They they weren't great, but 
But I, it's one of those games you can just chalk it up as like you're going to have those games in a two game season. I think so. I just the third period was specifically pretty shitty for the Flames. Like I think they gave up like five on five, like seven high danger chances or something. When so like really uncharacteristic and yeah, not great. But at the same time, you're sitting, you're like, you know what? There's learning points here for the coach, right? And this is a sobering thing for the players. Okay, yeah, no, we're not fucking flawless. Right. Yeah. yeah. Daryl, you know, Daryl, he doesn't want to lose, but like when he gets a, a game like that, that's like perfect chance for him to be like, see you fucking idiots. If you don't want to check in all three zones all night and get away from the game plan and dick around, you're not going to win. You think it's like Glenn Galton, you really won one fucking game, eh? Your best you dummies. It's, it's a good, it's a good reminder once in a while. You fucking dummies. But so that game is sandwiched in between a whole bunch of wins, though. There's, yeah, one, exactly. overtime, there's one overtime loss from Buffalo. Oh boy. Um, let's let's go to Buffalo. That's <laughs> that's the opposite of last night. Holy yeah. shit. This is what you, what we've said before. I mean, someone from the game was like, Oh yeah, I was there. Oh, that sucks. Uh Sorry. you lose one nothing. You don't even see a goal. At least it went to overtime and it wasn't regular, right? There's some excitement there. At least you get a point. But um, I don't know. Like if you look at the body of, of work these guys have done. You cannot expect them, and and this was one of those trap games, and they fell into the trap. But Buffalo is playing better hockey. Yep. And there are I, no. Fucking... I don't think Buffalo or San Jose played bad games. Like I think San Jose played a really good game, and Buffalo was fine. So it's not like the Flames got steamrolled by two shitty teams. No. Who didn't play well? And you can't you can't win eighty two games. Yeah. You're gonna win and, games. You're gonna lose games. So. But this was one of those quote-unquote trap games where I think they did fall into the trap a bit, right? Just like, okay, it's Buffalo. We're on a roll. They're not the highest, you know, skilled team. They're not high in the standings. We don't have to play them as hard. And it's not even something you sit there and think about. It's just kind of like sets in, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're playing a shit ton of hockey, you got to show up every fucking night. And it's tough to do. So you can't expect these guys to do it night in and night out, even though they've fucking been pretty close to doing that. So I don't even mind. I mean, you get a point. Even You got a after, point, totally. You hear what Daryl said after Yeah, he's like, you scored zero goals and got a point. Daryl's, they're like, oh, are you pretty upset with that one, coach? No. That point might be the one that gets us in the playoffs. Yeah, that's, that's right. We take every point we can get. So keep things in perspective, and then they follow it up. Like, here's the thing. Yeah, the, the follow-up games. Like, I think they're what? Somebody put the stat like in a regulation loss this year. They're like they've been almost undefeated. I can't remember what the stat was, but they've been phenomenal. Well, they haven't lost two in a row for how yeah, long? Like forever. That, that's the stat, right? Yeah. And even in these games, like oh fuck, that was a that was brutal. They come back and smash it the next game. Yeah. Like that game against Vancouver. Oh, fuck, yeah, dude. That first period. That first period was the best period I've ever seen. Game over after one period. That's what that was. Came out just fucking rocking. Hannafin, Kachuk, Anderson, five nothing. Yeah, they destroyed them. And again, like that's why these losses don't sting as bad as they used to because it's like you know they're going to be ready for the next game. Yep. The Arizona game um, the night before Edmonton, same thing. I mean, first period was kind of man, then they just roll away with it. Like they stick to their game plan. If they can play sixty minutes. Like you throw those stats against Edmonton. If you're gonna outshoot them, 
if you're going to outchance them, if you're going to have more higher danger chances, you're probably going to keep winning. And that's just what it was at Arizona, right? You stick to the game plan, even though it's one of those trap games. And it's weird, right? Sometimes hard, the worst teams in the league are hard to play against, right? Because it's not like high octane jumping, you're you know fast and like no, it's they play a different place. Sometimes playing mm-hmm. against weaker opponents is is more difficult because you have to, have to grind it out. Yeah, they're not like in the right position. You're like, what the fuck? That's not where I was expecting that <laughs> to go, right? So, <sighs> anyways, um, what a fucking game last night. We got Colorado coming up. LA, we're still, we got three more home games before we do four on the road. Um, I'm pretty pumped for the Colorado game. Oh, I can't wait. Because you got the two days off after just a fucking, you know they're going to be ready to go. This They're at home. We'll see how we fare at home with Colorado. But anything else you want to wrap up with before we uh, call it a day? No, I don't know. I just like, I'm just really impressed with, the top players on this team and we talked about Chris Tanev too, but I mean, Rastis Anderson, no Hannafin have been great the last 10, 10 games, like so good. I thought Rastis was great against Arizona. Well, obviously Hannafin had a really good game against Vancouver. That rascal. Against oh Arizona yeah. We didn't even fucking... talk about the Rast. That was insane. Oh, like comes down, deeks everybody oh. out. And then at first from behind, you can't really see how he finished. Like, oh, did he get kind of lucky? Yeah, I thought he missed it. Yeah, but you see the from behind the net angle. Fuck, he just buried that. That was awesome. Yeah, that was totally awesome. So, I don't know. This seems laser focused. You even hear them talking to Gadron Chuck after the game. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. They're not taking the bait on like giving nope. themselves a pat on the back. It's like, no, nope. we won. Daryl's got them just dialed right yeah. in. Like, they were asking Johnny about the five points. He's like, I don't know. We won. We really needed those points. We've got a really tough week coming up. Got to get ready for those. It's like they're dialed in. They're laser focused. Fuck, I can't wait for the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs>